Reflections with Canon Philip Gray. Well, welcome everyone to uh, our Daily Reflection podcast. Uh, today I'm delighted to wel- welcome Tom Franks. Um, Tom might be known to some of you in Ilkley uh, and also uh, at St Margaret's. Welcome, Tom. Uh, thank you very much, Philip. I'm, I'm pleased to be here and talking to you. Tom, just say a little bit first about, uh, in one context, people might know in Italy presently. Well, I suppose the most the most obvious one is that I became a town councillor um, at the last, uh, well, not for the elections before last, last year's elections. So I've been a, an Ilkley town councillor for about a year now. And you were also a parliamentary candidate, I believe, for uh, the... Um... You're absolutely right, Philip. You should. Uh, you've reminded me that I did stand for the Liberal Democrats in the December uh, 2019 general election. I, I wasn't elected, which is why some of the people listening uh, might not uh, might not uh, <laughs> pick up my name in that context. No, but I, of course I did see you at the hustings, which Churches Together organised at All Saints in Ilkley, um, which must have been a fascinating experience for you you know, with John and, uh, and Robbie, who's now been elected. Yes, um, the hustings uh, w- were interesting. Uh, I was a first-time candidate, and obviously um, you learn, uh, you're quite apprehensive when you start, and you learn a lot as you go on. W- the, it's a very suitable uh, activity for the churches. We had three hustings organised by churches in Hearth, Keithley and in Ilkley, and um, on the whole, I, I thought they were a, a good and useful exercise, and I enjoyed taking part of them. It's sad to say that politics has moved on a bit, and I think uh, a lot of people would say that hustings are not terribly important compared to social media and all that. Anyway, for me, it was a good experience. Yeah, it was for me too, and I, I enjoyed it. And, and um, it was all done in a very um, mature way, um, which was, you know, we had none of the, I lost some, uh, some of the silliness, shall we say, of people barracking and sort of just point scoring. So, I, I, yeah, I thought it was good too. Yeah. Tom, what's your background? Where, where do you originate from? Um, well, <laughs> I was uh, born in Gloucestershire. Um, I moved around a bit when I was a youngster. My, I'm a baby boomer. My father was a regular officer in the Navy. And because of that, we moved around. Um, as a teenager, we then, he retired and we as a family went to live in Dartmouth. And um, Dartmouth was my, Dartmouth in South Devon was my sort of um, uh, home as a, as a boy and a young man. Uh, then um, briefly, we, uh, as a young married couple, we were living in Cambridge, um, and I moved. We moved from Cambridge uh, about thirty-five years ago. Up to Ilkley. Up to Ilkley, yes. Um, <laughs> fill in a bit more of that. I'm. I'm. Uh, I trained as a civil engineer. And after a, a couple of early years in contracting, I, I joined a consulting engineering firm that worked in development, specifically in irrigation. So I've spent my professional, the, the bulk of my professional life working in irrigation and then in development. 
And yeah. one thing that might be of interest really to, to hear is that uh, as a young family, we lived in uh, Sudan and then in um, Indonesia, and then for a shorter period in Pakistan. Um, after that, we moved up here, but I continued to travel from time to time. And we as a family also had quite long spells in Sri Lanka, Bangladesh and Tanzania. Gosh. So you've had a very broad experience in terms of movement and world and, yeah, and, and, and clearly brought that to your work? Yes. Um, I, you know, I'm a child of my time. A lot of people were working in, in this, in the, the post-colonial world. So I, I, I travelled a lot. I mean, the countries I've given you are the ones that I spent significant time in, but I, I, I've travelled a lot. I've been very lucky, Philip. It's been completely fascinating. Um, I can't say it hasn't had its uh, had its down moments, but on the whole, it's been a very interesting thing to be involved with. Yeah, and tell us about your family, uh, Tom. Okay, so I'm married to Liz. Um, funnily enough, was born in Bradford, although she's um, moved a long way from that since then. We we met in London. We've three children, um, Imogen, Edward and Isabel, and um, all three of them live in or near London. Well, two in London and one, uh, Izzy, lives in Letchworth. And uh, they've all got young families of their own. So we're very, very lucky to have um, seven grandchildren distributed between those families. Yeah, yeah. And, and I recently took a funeral, didn't I, for um, Lizzie's uh, stepmother? You did. Um, just, just say a little bit about that, Tom, because there was quite an interesting, particularly ecclesiastical connection there, wasn't there, with Mary? Yes. Um, okay, so um, my mother-in-law died a, a long time ago. Um, when I, at the time, my youngest, Isabel, was, was being born, my father-in-law remarried very happily um, a year or two later to marry. By that time, he was living um, Hesbank up towards Morecambe Bay and uh, but was active in the church up there and met his second wife, who was, I think, the church warden at that time, Mary, Mary Harrison. They lived very happily in uh, that part of the world until he died and she continued to live there after that. And then we brought her, or Liz brought her over here. Um, she was very well cared for in Abbeydale and latterly in um, Glen Rosa and Kipwood House. She was a very active Christian and we were very glad to, to bring her to St. Mary's. And then her, Philip, she died just before the lockdown, which was, um, I think a, a relief in one sense, and you conducted a wonderful service for us. Um, we obviously had, Liz had in mind a, a bigger service with two sides of Mary's, or us and the other side of Mary's family. We couldn't have that, it was just us two, but it was a very moving uh, experience, uh, uh, nevertheless. And, and, um... Mary's cousin, is it right, was Bishop Stuart uh, That's quite correct, um, Philip. And I think you, you, who was Bishop of Blackburn, I think that was yeah. I think that was actually before your time, was it not, Philip, or was it Derrick? Oh, yes. Yeah. 
Well, it was. The, the only, I mean, Bishop Cross, was, I think, was Bishop of Blackburn from 83 till about 88. Um, but uh, by the connection really was, um, I, think, I think Mrs. Cross outlived Bishop Stewart by a long, long she way. Did. And I have, a, I have a feeling she may have still been around when, when I got to Blackburn in 2002. But the bishop who appointed me, Bishop Alan Chesters, he, of course, was Bishop Stuart Cross's immediate uh, successor. Uh, by, that, by the time I got there, he'd done 13 years as Bishop of Blackburn. But, of course, he, he knew of uh, Bishop Cross and very much inherited Bishop Stuart's uh, care of the diocese. So um, it was a name that was mentioned frequently, even, you know, uh, in 2002, 2003, when when I began as, as Bishop's chaplain. So, although I never met him, uh, I did feel that I had quite a living connection with him, really, because and what I remember, Frank, was, was uh, Tom, was the, um, was the affection that clearly Bishop Stuart was held in. And uh, there was a one priest in the diocese who retired um, from his active ministry in my early time, and he'd been the chaplain who'd crossed over so he'd been actually been in post when Bishop Stuart yes. died uh, and then remained as the chaplain when Bishop Allen came. Uh, and, and so I had a, some very happy time talking to him. He was called Paul uh, and he told me a lot about Bishop Stuart. So, as I say, it was a long time before, but the, the connection did feel very real, really. Yeah. Um, I, I hardly knew Bishop Cross, although I did meet him. But I, I, by all accounts, he was a very... Um, admirable man and uh, taken from us yeah. uh, too early yes yeah so it was a that, that was a rather lovely connection and, and of course i did know of mary's parish up in hesk Heskbang, uh slang with that's correct it? yes and, uh, but it wasn't it wasn't a church i ever got to in my time in blackburn um i think they must have been well served by the retired rural clergy even when they you know there, there was gaps in the in the ministry yes there, so um, I, I never got to those depths of of, of, of the, the regions of Lancaster. No, it's a, it's a physically a very different church, but when we knew it, it was it was still yeah. active. I mean, and it it was an active church, nevertheless. Yeah, well, it still was in certainly in those years, and um, there was a very a bright young female incumbent there. Um, one one of the I think one of the first yes. in the diocese. Um, yeah, and she was also the Dean of Women's Ministry yes. across the diocese. Yeah. Um, Tom, tell us a bit about how you how you got involved in politics. <laughs> is, is this something that's come to later in life? Yes. Uh, okay, so I'm, I'm, I've always been more or less interested in politics, as I think and hope most people yeah. should be, because it's very fundamental to our lives. When you... Yeah. That continued through my professional life. Um, if you do it, you might not think it, irrigation engineer, but if you if you do a job like I do, it, it's extremely political, political with a small p. You're, you're always dealing with politics. So I've, I've always been interested in the way politics works. When I retired, um, my interest was continuing and I thought, well, I ought to be a bit more active. So I became active. This is um, for the 2015 uh, general election. Uh, I have to be honest, uh, Philip, my, my original interest was in national politics and um, 
I, you know, I wanted to be prime minister, but unfortunately, um, my political career didn't take that uh, turn. And people like me, the job, the, the job was, was already was taken, Tommy. And uh, yeah. people like me who become that active, you you obviously have to become active at a local level, and um, we worked relatively hard, and and then. In 2019, that work was rewarded and I became a local councillor. I, I, I didn't start off, uh, you know, in 2015, I didn't start off thinking, oh, I shall be a local councillor. But I, I'm not unhappy with the outcome. Um, I find it quite interesting and I think it's quite a worthwhile thing to do. Mm. What, uh, what What's the... Uh, Philosophically, what, what what makes you a Liberal Democrat rather than a Tory or a Socialist? <laughs> uh, yes, okay. I'm um, well. I think we live in a in a liberal democracy, and funnily enough, both the current uh, Conservative Prime Minister and his predecessor have said that publicly on more than one occasion. And I I believe in the principles of liberalism I mean everybody I most people believe in the principles of democracy but I'm I'm broadly speaking a liberal and I'm also um, I suppose because of the work I've done and because of my upbringing I believe in pub in public activity you know I believe in working in the public sphere I think those two things take me yeah. into being a liberal democrat rather than uh, one of the other two parties. Okay. Um, and uh, tell us about your experience of being a, a town councillor. Is that is that we are now? We used now? to be a par interesting. We used to be a yeah. parish council. That was changed recently, quite sensibly, I think. So I'm a I'm a town councillor. Yeah. I'm um, one of fourteen. We meet formally once a month, and then we actually conduct our business. Um, through um, committees which meet uh, more regularly than that and in smaller numbers. Uh, people listening will be aware without knowing precisely, town councils have actually extremely limited powers, actual powers. In fact, when you start, the only power you've got is to look after the allotments you can take on other powers. So we look after the loos, for example, in Ilkley. Um, but yeah. basically we, we, we don't have powers, but we do, because there are 14 of us, we represent the different wards in Ilkley town and the different uh, residents. And uh, like so many things, Philip, it's got many shortcomings, but we, we'd be worse off if we didn't have a town council. And you, you, raise a, you have a small tax raising powers, don't you, through what's called the precinct? Yes, um, that's, to my mind, very sensible. Um, that there's this uh, commonly used phrase that you should, you should govern things at the lowest appropriate level, and, and some things are governed well at the lowest level. To be honest, the lose. I think it's sensible that Ilkley decides that it wants to spend money on its lose. Um, the Visitors Information Centre is another um, 
service that your preset supports and your preset supports many local bodies and many local things that we enjoy together like the christmas lights yeah and you make you there's an awards uh, committee or group or whatever that makes awards to, to um, worthy causes, or if that's the right word. That, that's sounds, correct. Right that's too. one of the other committees, and I don't sit on that, so I only know that that's what they do. I, I don't have the detail of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I, as you may be aware, I got a little bit of knowledge of this, particularly when Councillor Gibbons, who's been, I think, a, a parish and town councillor as well as a Bradford councillor for many years, and he asked me to serve as his chaplain when he was mayor of Bradford, uh, in um, 2015 so uh, I've got a little bit of knowledge really through through knowing Mike and and we've hosted I think at least three civic services at St Margaret's in my time here for what was the leader of the parish council on, on I, that's it yeah. I mean I knew Mike Gibbons got a long and very distinguished um career of local political service both at district and town level I, you yeah. being his um his, his priest, uh, uh, that was a bit of information I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, so I'd, I was quite, quite involved in certain events. They tended to be more Bradford focused because obviously he was mayor of Bradford, but um, particularly this time of year, one of the most powerful and moving was, um, was to be involved directly in the uh, memorial yes. for the Bradford fire in 2015, which of course was the, th that was the 30th um, anniversary five years ago. Because we just had the thirty fifth, um, but but yeah, that was. I mean, as someone who's been interested in football, um, but and do remember the Bradford fire. You know, I was, I was eighteen when the Bradford fire took place. But you know, to be part of that a very moving memorial in the city was. You know, yes, was I'm sure it would have been. The, the Bradford yeah. fire happened yeah. uh, in the May. We we came to uh, Ilkley in July eighty four, so it was very very new we were very new here when it happened right okay yeah so what, what which committees are you serving on <laughs> well uh, we're, we're we're restructuring very sensibly the the new mayor who was elected last year was restructuring yeah. so in fact my onerous responsibilities have included the tourism committee well that we're going to um sweep that up into um, an, another committee but more more uh, okay. I would I've been more prominent to do with parking and traffic um, and that's been slightly odd because that's been not as a committee it's been as a so-called project manager which is hasn't been suitable because it means I've been trying to act as an individual councillor and something like this is the, these issues funny enough I mean I think that's where the town council can provide quite a good service because as you know parking and traffic is quite contentious so it's quite useful to have um, town councillors who can listen to what residents have to say and discuss amongst themselves and in council and uh, make representations higher up the chain because the responsibility for all this actually lies in Bradford. It certainly does and, and our ward, our ward councillors the three yeah. of them are, are active in that uh, in in doing that, and we want to work alongside them, and you know, provide support. Yeah, well, I mean, I have seen you being uh, quite prominent on this, particularly in 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 the local press, 
Uh, and you're right, certainly over the last, was it 12, 18 months, this has been a pretty contentious It, it certainly has. And, uh, you know, a, a town like yeah. Ilkley, well, lots of things going on in Ilkley, but the way that people move around in vehicles or out of them is absolutely fundamental to the type of town we live in. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, Tom, tell us, um, obviously, you worship regularly at St Margaret's with Liz. Uh, and, and as you said, you used to bring Mary too when she was, uh, you know, she was around and was able to come. Um, tell us a bit about your faith background. Uh, well, my background, um, people listening who heard my background in, in uh, a baby boomer, uh, son of a naval officer, uh, they, my family were churchgoers, as were Liz's family, quite active in their churches. But I, I suppose more strong for me, in a way, was um, I was sent off to boarding school at a young age. Um, that's what was done in those days. So prep school and then secondary school. And of course, in those yeah. days, religion was absolutely fundamental to the way those schools ran and I, I was thinking I, I guess you might push me on this Philip so I was thinking over this and a couple of things that uh, might give some light to it but in the in prep school um, we had a little chapel which we went to twice on Sundays and then in the evening on Sunday evenings the headmaster used to get us all in wasn't very big less than 100 boys and he used to read the old testament to us before we went to bed <laughs> it's an amazing thought <laughs> well of course uh, you know as you're a young young boys i mean old testament stories are, are fantastic you know when they're well read and you know yes, Elijah and the prophets of baal and <laughs> isaac's sacrifice and joshua fighting the Battle of Jericho and so on. So that was quite a strong, um, you know, that, that, funny enough, those influences stay with you because you're young, you remember those things. And then um, yeah. it, it continued in, into secondary school, public school. I mean, the whole school went to chapel every morning, 800 boys, when I think about the logistics of it now, I think it's amazing every morning to chapel and twice yeah. on Sundays. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, yeah. religion, that, that um, Church of England religion is, is hardwired into my system, I think you might say. Good. Good. We've lost well, it was, uh, yes, 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 I, <laughs> yes, I, I, funny enough, I was reminded of the catechism. I mean, I don't suppose you put confirmand through the catechism nowadays, do you? The catechism from the Book of Common Prayer. <laughs> Not, no, I, I, I tell them, I always tell them, uh, my confirmation candidates, I tell them that they, they should just remember one thing from the catechism that they would have had drummed into them, which is, that's the definition of yes. a sacrament. Okay. Which is an outward and visible form of an inward and I do. I mean, the wording is absolutely, you know, so much of the Book of Common Prayer, the, the wording is magnificent, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. It is. So I do always try and, try and plant that one seed in their brains so that they might, I and mean, we do a lot more work with, com with our confirmation candidates on, on the sacramental life, as you understand with our tradition but 
uh, I do try to give them that little strap yes, to hang yes, on to. Yes, that's, uh, that's sensible, Philip, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but much of the rest of the catechism, no, I, I'm not trying to drum it into them, really. I, I, I use a different style of education. Yes, I can believe that, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So I guess that was probably a pretty central Anglican. Uh, yes, it, it was. Um, uh, that yes, uh, and and sort of middle of the road. When Dartmouth, when we moved to Dartmouth, my parents were both um, churchgoers. My father was was active, and the the main and lovely church in Dartmouth, St Saviour's has a tradition very similar to St. Margaret's. So um, I, we felt comfortable when we came here and finally, finally alighted on St. Margaret's. Good, good. Oh, well, that, that, that makes sense. Because of course, uh, if, if you're not familiar with our tradition, it can be, uh, it can, can be feel a bit strange when you first come as an yes. action. Yes, Philip, it, it can, but I think for both Liz and myself, you know, it's that sort of, uh, it's been in a way part of our lives, that, that, that um, the tradition that's in St. Margaret's, high Anglicanism, I suppose you call it, don't you? Yes, that's right, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So, Tom, how do you... Uh, yes, well, <laughs> depends whether you mean... During lockdown or, or um, outside lockdown? <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I, outside I lockdown. Well, one of the things that lockdowns um, kept uh, Liz and myself here in a way that um, we're not normally. Uh, I've told you about our three families, and that these are young families, so we're very often down mm. there. And the other thing is that um, I'm still. I'm in a family syndicate that owns an old wooden boat that's still in Dartmouth and that takes a lot of our time and means that I'm away quite a lot but it's also I, I suppose you would say that the main thing of my life um, outside work and family would be sailing which I've done ever since I'm as a young teenager that's obviously right. going to be difficult this year. We wait to see how things emerge. <laughs> it's yeah. incidentally, the, yeah. uh, I don't know about relaxing is the right word, but the, as, a, as a holiday, as a recreation, you absolutely cannot beat it. It's uh, totally absorbing and very rewarding and sometimes terrifying and, uh, you know, everything you would want. <laughs> That, that's outside COVID. I mean, during COVID, uh, you know, we're getting along like everybody. I must say, though, that we've discovered cycling, Philip. Uh, Ilkley cycling mm -hmm. is um, constrained by, by the hills and by the traffic. Well, of course, the traffic is yeah. up till now has not been there. So we thoroughly enjoyed ourselves. No, nothing. I, I mustn't oh, create good. the wrong yeah. impression. We don't go for miles and miles and miles and miles. But we, we thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> and you live quite close to the moor, don't you? So presumably we're, we're on, on the moor, on the moor quite very easy. regularly. Went went this morning and so on. Yeah. I mean, gosh, how lucky we are compared to some people. 
Yeah. Yes, I mean we're obviously a bit the same up here, and and uh, you know we a bit like you, we sort of we can walk out of our door, and w within a couple of minutes, yeah, it's, fan it's, it's fantastic. The most it? back garden, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's and as you say, because of lockdown, it's been so quiet. We've we, we've tried to walk maybe in the early evening or uh, even later, and, and yes. it's been so quiet. It really has been. Yes, you know, a real privilege. Yes, you've been lucky. So, yeah, and it yeah. also, I yeah. I have to say, but it, you've been very yeah. lucky to have a captive choir and organist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Well, it's, it, and it's their technical know-how too. Uh, here in the vicarage, uh, Tom has been just been amazing. I mean, I, I couldn't even do this without. Well, we, we were very thing. impressed with yesterday. Uh, they'd obviously thought a lot about the way you put the service together. I mean, not the way you conducted the service, but the way they produced you produce the um, the YouTube. It was very, it was outstanding. Yeah, they, 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 you're right, Tom. They did put a huge amount of work into it. And, you know, they kept appearing with another mobile yes. phone and another tablet. So that they, they could get a different camera angle. And, and um, you know, we got to the stage where it was just standing there. Yes, I can believe that. Well, if they're listening, you can, I can congratulate them directly because it was very, very good. Yeah. So, so I, I'm learning a lot too about the, uh, you know, the sort of shift in the balance of yes. power, really, that's yes. slowly happening. <laughs> but no, they're doing it. They're doing a fantastic job, and and, yes. and uh, very fortunate. So, thank you. Yeah, Tom. Well, uh, just one more question, which is, um, people might be interested to know to what extent the town councillor are involved in our present response to yes. the, to, to the COVID situation. I mean, is the is there, um, is there much for them to uh, We're not specifically as a council, but uh, two councillors in particular have been very active in the Ilkley COVID response group. So I've I just observed that from the outside. But yes. as you know, the COVID response group, well, it's got churches together yeah. in Ilkley, amongst others. It's, got, it's brought together several bodies, and, and it's yes. very appropriate that the council should be part of that. But in this case, we're not needing it. And um, yeah. I, I think that's fine that two councillors I know have been very active. Yeah, one of my colleagues, um, Roberta from Christchurch, she, she's on the group. So... Uh, I, we get updates through her, really, uh, and um, we've we, relatively recently we had a ministers' meeting, uh, and obviously the work of the Corona Response Group in Ilkley was a significant part of our conversations that day. Um, particularly, and, and there's some very good charitable work going on, isn't there? Good neighbours supporting people at home, particularly the vulnerable and elderly. Uh, and, and the groups clearly plugged yes, into that. Yes, I mean, I think the response here, and probably, you know, generally, has been fantastic, and it shows that the huge number of people are very charitable, very ready to put themselves out for their neighbours and for others. It's it's um, like so many outcomes or experiences from the present time there are some very positive things as well as some very frightening and negative things yeah yeah thanks tom it's been uh, it's been an absolute delight to talk to you uh, and and also for me to learn a bit more about you and and uh, and your life story um certainly can, Philip, can, I've can enjoyed it and i wait for your prayer thank you let us pray.
So we pray first for our town and for its civic and life, for the work of the Corona Response Group and the very, very many individuals and charities and agencies supporting the life of our town. We pray for our town councillor. We pray for our mayor, newly elected for another year, Councillor Stidworthy, and for his deputy, Ros Brown, and for the work of all our councillors, including Tom. We thank God for Tom's service to the town. We pray for all who engage with this place, and particularly those who continue to wrestle with its parking and transport links. We pray that God will bless Tom and Liz and his wider family, and we give thanks for his life and participation in St Margaret's Church. So may Almighty God bless you, Tom, and may he bless us all today, the Father, the Son, Amen. and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's edition of the Daily Reflection Podcast. If you would like to listen to more episodes, they will be available on your usual podcast platform. Alternatively, all the podcasts and live streams, uh, services and reflections can be found on the St. Margaret's Ilkley website, stmargaretsilkley.org.